Hello and welcome to the Parenthood Pod. I'm your host, Leonia Kidano, and every week I will bring you conversations that aim to smash the stigma on struggles we face as parents. This segment is The Vault, where we ask you, our community, what is keeping you up at night? Your messages remain anonymous, they stay in The Vault. To submit your confession, click on the link in the show notes. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Vault. Today, we have a raw confession from a dad listener who wants some relationship advice. And I thought, who better to get on the pod than Jake Maddock, our relationship coach and expert. So, Jake, welcome. Thanks for having me. I love it. Yeah, so Jake um, has been studying relationships actually for 10 years and has been a coach for four. So certainly you know what you're talking about a lot more than I do. So <laughs> let's uh, let's get into the confession. Holly Annie, thanks for the opportunity to be on the podcast. My confession is this. It's probably more of a question. How do I best communicate to my wife that I do not want to keep trying for a second child? I'm a 38-year-old guy. I've been with my wife now for nine years, and it took us three years of trying to conceive our first child. We ended up doing two rounds of IVF before we conceived naturally after two failed rounds. And now two years ago, we started trying for a second child. IVF has not been kind to us. We've had three unsuccessful rounds so far, and we're having a break from IVF at the moment to try and conceive naturally which is how we conceived the first time. But I am exhausted. My wife is exhausted. Sex feels like a job now. My wife is cranky month to month. It's just getting worse. I feel like the family dynamic is impacting our toddler. I just, I think I'm done trying for this second child. I feel lucky to have one healthy baby and I'm not sure if all of this effort is worth it because it is affecting the relationship. So I feel like I'm done. And yeah, the question is, how do I bring this up with my wife, who is absolutely gunning for another child, despite all of these negative impacts that it's having on us and, and our relationship? Yeah, so that's that's it. Any advice would be appreciated. Thank you. Jake, your first thoughts. Yeah, very sad situation. Very, I, I get it. Yeah, it's super frustrating for sure. So there's lots of things to cover in this. It's a really interesting topic. One of the things we need to cover is what is effective communication and how do we do it? One of the other things is a bit of a personal thing of why are we getting exhausted for? What's overwhelm? Yeah. Why, why are we feeling overwhelmed and exhausted by this? Yeah. So often this comes from a place of mismanaged expectations. We have the expectation that you're going to get pregnant and it doesn't happen leading to frustration. Yeah, the expectations aren't in line with reality of what's happening, causing this frustration. The other thing is overwhelm, you know, overwhelm is your brain telling you that you can't achieve what you have on your plate. You can't achieve it, so you feel overwhelmed by it, which doesn't necessarily need to be the thing. And the other thing with effective communication, which I want to tell this dad, is that effective communication is how is that person going to feel when you finish talking? So I really want him to ask himself this question when he goes to talk to his wife about this situation. How do I want her to feel when I finish talking? 
do I want her to feel criticized? Do I want her to feel like a failure? Do I want her to feel bad? Do I want her to feel heartbroken? Do I want her to feel inspired? Do I want her to, do I want her to feel relieved? Do I want her to feel loved and heard? How do I want her to feel? That's effective communication. So if he really can put into his mind that, then he's going to give us some clues on how to get on the right page with effective communication. Does that make sense? It does. So if you're thinking about how you want the other person to feel by the end of the conversation, would it be helpful even to to write that down? Sometimes we get into our own heads a lot. What would you recommend? Like specifically what I would say? Yeah. So what I would tell him to say is with anything like this is you want to start slowly with a conversation. Yeah. Really slowly. Like you'd want to say things like um, it's his job to take the pressure off as well, not to put more pressure on. So his job would be saying things like, you know, let's have a holiday. Let's spend some time doing some hobbies. Let's, you know, if it happens, it happens. There's no rush. We're not in a rush. We're not old. We, it's okay. Day by day, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like let's, let's, let's lower expectations a bit. You know, if it doesn't happen in the next six months, who cares, you know, and just show that he's there for her. You know what I mean? And look, he should be honored that she wants to have another baby with him. That's a beautiful thing. He shouldn't be coming at it from a negative point of view anyway. It's only becoming a negative thing because they're expecting it to happen so quickly. It might take a while, you know, and maybe there's some health style things that they both can do. I'm not sure. But just take the pressure off a little bit and just come up from more of a soft point of view. I, I recommend putting himself in her shoes personally. Mm. And what about, because I know I'm type A, I like to, you know, get shit done and make things happen and all of the rest of it. And parenthood, you know, conceiving is completely out of your control. So I know if someone, let's say my husband approached me about something that I was super passionate about and said, you know, let's take the pressure off. If it happens, it happens. That could sometimes provoke me to feel more infuriated. Well, you're not taking this seriously. This is our dream. Why aren't you stressed? You know, what would you say to that? Control the controllables. Yeah. It's like getting angry about something happening in another country, which is out of your control. There's, there's no point. You can get as angry as you want about it. It's probably going to make it harder. You know what I mean? So there are some small things you can do. You can go and see a naturopath and take some, you know, iron supplements or, or what have you. Yeah. You know, go and talk to those sort of people. But other than that, you've got to control the controllables. What's the point of getting worried about it? So I'd be sitting yeah. down in a calm voice and explaining to you, look, it's out of our control. You know, why, why are we getting so worked up about this? Getting angry about it is not going to do anything. There's not a lot we can do. Let's enjoy the day-to-day stuff. Why, why are we losing our hair over this? Mm. And I think what you mentioned earlier, the circuit break is a good suggestion, even if, if take a holiday or if it's a long weekend or whatever that you whatever you can do. What's your experience around that? Like when couples are, you know, in a really hot spot, have you sort of seen that in action, people just taking time off and coming out of that in a better light? Yeah, I call them intentional resets. So holidays, hobbies are really good ones, okay, especially doing a dual hobby you both go and do salsa dancing together or go to the gym or go and do a yoga class or whatever. There's a million different mm-hmm. hobbies you could do. Just something to, to get out of the mindset. You know, there's more to life than just this one goal we're trying to achieve. There's a million different things we can do. Go out there and do some fun. Take your mind off it. Live life a little bit. Yeah, no, I love that. And what do you think? I mean, I know a lot of women are tracking dates and they've got apps to do that now, which adds anxiety and pressure, uh, you know, and then men feel more, you know, pressure around that too. And the timing you're meant to have sex and put your legs up to make sure, you know, all the things that we are really forcing ourselves to do. And I think probably in this day and age, we're more stressed than we've ever been. So what would you say around sort of, um, 
how he could maybe suggest, you know, you know, the app or, you know, let's assume that this person is really being quite rigid. How could he suggest like, let's, let's maybe just leave the app for a couple of weeks. So, you know, just sort of broaching the topic around just pulling the, the, the red tape down a little and just kind of go kicking on with life. I don't think I would broach the conversation that way okay. um, because it could lead to you're disrupting something that she's very passionate about. Okay. And that, that, that's a conversation which could go into hurt feelings pretty quickly. So what I'd recommend okay. for him is take her on a date, ask her on a date, take her on a date, show her a nice evening. Yeah. Go and take her to a show, take her on a nice day, take her on a boat, whatever. There's like a million different fun things you could do. Mm. Work on getting the relationship to a 10 out of 10. Yeah, work on just having a beautiful, loving relationship where you spend lots of good time together, being best friends and romantic lovers. And at some degree, her level of stress and her level of exhaustion is being fed by his. So he said in his message, he's also exhausted. Yeah. As a man and as a leader, that's the last thing you want to tell your wife, that you're exhausted about making love to her and trying to make a baby. What a, what a really bad thing to say to your wife. Hopefully he didn't say that to her. Hopefully it's just an our message. So what... What he should be saying is, honey, I, I love trying this. I'm having a great time. And he should be leading it with joy and enthusiasm, not mm -hmm. being a negative Nancy about it. Mm -hmm. The way I read the message was potentially that he was considering, he was sort of at that breaking point where he's like, do I just, how do you know, just go up to her and say, look, it, we're kind of done here. The other question I had was, he did mention, look, we've got one healthy child and I'm pretty happy with that. Like, I don't even know if I want a second child. We're not talking about any of that in, in our communication with our partner or what would you hundred percent. Yeah. You definitely yeah. want to leave with gratitude and say, look, mm. we've got to, if she gets really frustrated one month, say, I know we didn't have for this month. It might not happen for another six months, but that's okay. Look, we have a beautiful baby here already. We'll keep trying. If it happens, it happens. It's okay. It's not a big deal, but look, look at this beautiful little boy we have or, or whatever. So definitely leave with mm. gratitude. Definitely. Yep. 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 So it's really his role to sort of just simmer things. She's sounds like she's like a bit of a spinning top, which, you know, as women, we potentially do get into states like that. I can relate. So you I have know, a, bit of you'd a, say, yeah. I have a bit of a controversial thing, Yeah, which I, which I teach a little bit. Um, her mental health is his responsibility, which I know sounds very controversial, pretty outrageous. I get that. But I've seen a lot of relationships where men make women super crazy. Um, it's the man's job to take care of her and make sure her mental health's on the right track. So making sure that her stress level's going down, making sure that she's living a healthy lifestyle, making sure she's spending time with friends and doing hobbies and working on herself and looking after herself. I've seen a lot of women go crazy because the guy doesn't care at all about her mental health. And it's his responsibility as her husband, which I know mm. is a pretty crazy thing because everyone thinks it's your mental health is a very personal thing, which it is personal. Mm. But then also it's his responsibility, her mental health as well, which sounds kind of crazy, but it's, mm. if he thinks of it, it is his responsibility. Yeah. He'll be thinking a little bit differently and he, he probably won't be such a dick about it. Mm. When you say you've, how can guys get it so wrong? So what have you seen? What's an example? Oh, ignoring them, thinking they got to sort it out for themselves, not being, not taking responsibility for how their family's doing, um, just looking after themselves, being selfish. No one's really taught them how to step into that masculinity properly. So they, they get it mixed up. Yeah, this guy needs to step into his masculinity. And if he did, his wife would step more into her femininity as well. 
-hmm. and they feed off each other in the right way. Rather than sort of feeling like he's just going to take the back seat and be a bit of a passenger to this idea that she's got. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I've never heard of that concept and it does make a lot of sense. I mean, I even just reading the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus and those things, you'll probably scoff at that from all the work that you have done. But, you know, in in those sort of um, books and themes, a lot of it is around guys want to take charge that, you know, again, stereotyping to some extent. However, there is that aspect of, you know, and even myself speaking to lots of different parents and we speak to couples a lot, the guys like, I just feel frustrated because I want to fix it. I want to do, you know, I want to take a bit accountability here. And what I'm hearing is from your kind of concept, it is, well, you take accountability then, mate. Make sure your partner's happy. Is that sort of where it's come from? Yes, masculinity and femininity is something I teach every day. Masculine feminine energy is a huge thing. It's very important. If you want to achieve a 10 out of 10 relationship, you've got to improve it. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to envelop masculine and feminine energy properly. If this couple really understood masculine and feminine energy, they'd be a lot happier. They may not be pregnant, but they'd be a lot happier in their relationship. He'd be taking more responsibility in every aspect as well, and she would feel less pressure. Is there a way to condense or exec some and explain to us what what are the fundamentals for masculinity and femininity? Yeah, of course. So there's some simple traits which I'd love this guy to step into as a masculine man, as a dad, and as a husband, which is leadership, protection, decisiveness, and ambition. Okay. And there's some traits which I'd love her to step into as a wife and a mother and step into that feminine energy, which is nurturing, caring, supportive, and joyousness. And how do we best even start to implement those in our lives? One of the really quick and easy ways to start is with the decisiveness one. So if she got him to make decisions, even tiny little decisions, yeah, you've ever had an argument with your partner about what to eat for dinner? Something small like yeah. that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. something really small like that, get him to make the decision, get him to be the decisive one, get him to decide. And the trick with that is you can't decide, okay? If you want him to be decisive and you want him to step up and take responsibility and be a leader, you can't take over. The problem is a lot of women, they just go, what do you want? Oh, I don't know. I'll take care of it. I'll yeah. do it. And they just take over immediately. Yes. You, you're training him not to be in this masculine energy when you do that. You're taking mm. over. So you're just going, you can't handle it. I'll do it. Sit down. You're stupid. Yeah. It's very ineffective. Okay. It really, really hurts the attraction in the relationship. So you've got to let him decide. Even if it takes half an hour, sit there and be hungry. Okay. Mm. You've, got to, you've got to let him do it. You've got to nurture that behavior. The first trait of femininity, nurture the behavior you want to see. Right. Very powerful. A big big time. And it's a big thing, as you said. I mean, we talk a lot about on the podcast, like the mental load, particularly that a lot of females feel in the dynamic. It's like, I have to do everything, you know, and at the end of the day, we've spoken about this a bit. We want to take that on and it's because we can do the washing faster. We can do those things faster. And God, we can't wait around for our partners to do it. So we've got to take accountability for the dynamic that we've, we've caused in our household as well. You made a really interesting point, and particularly for our parents, we've got a lot of young children, um, parents with young children, you know, attraction and staying, you know, attracted to each other when you haven't slept and all the other things is a really big thing. So I want you to tell us a few hot tips around what provokes or encourages more attraction in our relationships. Yeah, 100%. So attraction is one of the first stages to my five pillars to a 10 out of 10, which I talk about attraction. Attraction isn't really so much about how pretty you look. It's more about how attracted your partner is to you. 
So everything you say and everything you do in a relationship makes the attraction go up or down, right? So some common things people do which makes attraction go down are things like arguing, arguing with your spouse. That's going to make the attraction go down, okay? Some things to make attraction go up, being nice to each other, being affectionate, being intimate, going on dates, being in masculine or feminine energy correctly, okay? A woman in a feminine energy is the most attractive she'll ever be to a man. Okay, a man in his masculine energy will be the most attractive to a woman he'll ever be. So that's a great trait to be in. Really, 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 really effective on building attraction. So I would strongly encourage people to try to embody those traits, which I just talked about. The more you embody those traits, the most attractive you'll be. And it doesn't matter how beautiful your hair is or eyebrows or whatever you're working on, all that sort of jazz, what's much more attractive is those traits. If you step in those traits, you're going to be much, much more effective. And the other, the other bit of advice I have for young parents or any parents, prioritize your romantic relationship over the children. Yeah. Yeah, that is such a big one. It just, um, I went to this Tony Robbins date with Destiny five-day course and there was a whole day on relationships and that was one of the biggest things he said. He said, um, Tony said, look, you know, this is controversial, but trust me, when you have kids, this will make a lot of sense. You have to prioritise your relationship first because your relationship will then set the family dynamic, you know, and ultimately your children are going to leave the nest eventually. Who, who are you left with, you know? So, I mean, do you see a bit of that in your work too? People just kind of coming to you because it's like we lost each other in the mayhem that is parenthood yep easy fix though but yeah i see it i see it every day any i mean i guess we've spoken about a few hot tips there but anything else that you haven't mentioned that might be helpful to listeners yeah some really quick things which i want Mm -hmm. people to really remember are some very simple numbers okay one of those things is i want the husband to take the wife on a date every second week Okay. Every second week, I want to take her, he should take her on a proper high value date, which has four parts. He's going to ask his wife out on a date. Hey, honey, do you want to go on a date with me this Friday? Okay. Then he's going to take her to do some sort of activity, mini part, part, whatever, any sort of fun sort of activity. Then he takes her to a nice restaurant for dinner. Then it's the end of the date. Hopefully, he did a good enough job that she wants to kiss him. Four parts to a date. Okay. It works very well every second week. I also want the couple to sleep together two or three times a week. I also make sure they do a 20-second hug every day and make sure they use effective communication, try to step in that masculine and feminine energy the best they can. Mm, I love that. Uh, I guess what comes to mind is I don't have time for twice a month. What do you mean? Like, I mean, do you get that pushback and what do you say to that? I don't usually get the pushback, surprisingly, okay. when it comes to time. But if people say, mm-hmm. I don't have time to sleep with my partner two or three times a week or go on a date every second week, I just go, no worries. Do you have time for a divorce lawyer instead? <laughs> and this is why we have you on the podcast because you give it to us straight <laughs> so drop the mic your choice mate it's up to you <laughs> people i coach actually don't give any excuses at all i say really? do this. Yeah. i go what i say it, it wasn't an option buddy it's compulsory yeah. you have to do it you have to take your wife on a date every second week i don't care yeah. if you don't have the time or the money do yeah. it i'm not asking yeah. you i'm telling you it's a prescription yeah. go and get it done yeah yeah freaking love it no that's great um thanks so much for your insight and look to this person who did write in hopefully we've been able to provide a little bit of um context and support for you um moving forward um and jake how can people find out more about you if they want to work with you they can follow me on any social media tiktok instagram facebook just type in jake maddock you should see me i'm fairly popularish yeah uh, feel, free to, <laughs> feel free to shoot me a message on any of those platforms um i always reply within 24 hours um, my purpose in life, guys, is to help as many people as I can with relationships. I coach thousands and thousands of people. I love coaching people. 
I do this seven days a week. I don't need to. I just love it. I'm just so passionate about helping people achieve 10 out of 10s. Yeah, freaking love it. I'll add those details to the episode notes. Thank you so much again, Jake. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and share it with your friends. Want to contribute to the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at Parenthood Pod and join our Facebook group. Coming up next week on the pod. Perceptions were that I would struggle because I have a disability and my partner was very heroic for taking me on and, you know, for having a baby with me and he was going to be this incredible father. Until next time. Thanks for listening. The Parenthood Podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we produce on, the land of the Wurundjeri people. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging.